Amen. Glory to God. Amen. If he lays there all service, I'm going to jump over him at least twice, okay? Because <laughs> I'm already wanting to do it right now. <laughs> Glory to God. So if y'all see me take a little hop over here, you'll know he's still laying there. Amen. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome. I got it. Whoo. Can you feel that? Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost for a second. Let's don't just assume it's going one way. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just give this service to you, whatever you want to do. It is your service and it is your church. Oh, man. Mm. I just got the sense from the Holy Ghost, like, we got his attention. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know where that was coming from. We got his attention. Yeah, Lord. See, when we get attentive to the Lord, great and mighty things can happen. Lord, do whatever you want to do today. We don't want to rush it, and we don't want to miss it. So we trust you that you will lead us exactly where we need to go. Thank you, Father. <laughs> yeah. Do it, Lord. Yeah. Now what he's told me to do, I believe, is to just go on into the message and what he's going to do is he's going to be working on you. He's going to be working on you, working on me as we're in this message. 
But what I want you to do is not lose track. Don't get so mental that you lose track of what he's doing right here in your heart, right? Don't, don't get so wrapped up in understanding that you mentally, physically, logically, mentally understanding that you don't hear spiritually, right? Don't get so wrapped up there that you lose where we're at right now. This is a place to get to in the spirit where you're attentive to the things of God. And I want you still to be attentive to it. It would not surprise me if in the middle of this message, the joy of the Lord breaks out, somebody gets healed, some victory hits somebody. It wouldn't, so if you, know, you got some victory, you got to jump up and run, you're not going to scare me. I might run with you. I might say, read to God and take off with you. Right? So... Don't, don't be afraid of worshiping him. Don't be afraid of, of letting him touch you, even when it's a time when you think that God might not would touch you. So don't lose that attentiveness to the Holy Ghost, okay? Because this is a special type of time. It doesn't happen all the time. You could feel it. Man, the people came in this morning, they prayed. Ooh, they laid the groundwork for the service today. They prayed. It was awesome. I even told him, I'm like, good job, guys. This is awesome. You know, how you could feel it. And I told him, I said, watch what happens today. Watch what happens. Because you start, you start going after the things of God like that, there's no other choice but for the things of God to start to manifest. It's already happening. It's already happened just in that prayer we had just a second ago. So you just let the Lord do what the Lord does. Let me, I'll, most, many of you have heard this story, but let me, uh, let me tell it to you again if you haven't heard, heard it or remind you of it. One day I was in Wadesboro at a church. The Lord had told me to go to this service, and I was at a church, and uh, the people, we were worshiping, and I was sitting there, and we were worshiping, you know, and I'm facing the platform, and I think we had come up front kind of to worship. I think they had called. So I'm sitting here and there's a bunch of people around. And uh, the worship's going on. And I'm sitting there and about that time in my heart, I'm just being, Lord, I just love you. I praise you. I worship you, you know, stuff like that. And I'm sitting there and in my heart, the Holy Ghost says, start dancing. I'm like, get behind me, devil. <laughs> I was like, start dancing. I was like, You've seen me dance. <laughs> it ain't necessarily pretty. I mean, I might have a moment for a few seconds every now and then where, you know, it kind of like catches up with the beat. But just give it a moment. It'll be off again, right? Holy Ghost, start dancing. I'm like, oh, man, there's a bunch of people. And I'm standing right in the front. I don't want to dance before you. And it's like, oh, what did I just say? You know, that kind of thought. Uh, okay. Fear, let me let go of that. So I'm like, I don't even know how to begin, Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here like this. You just want me to start going. <laughs> you know, what do you want me to do, you know? You want me to waltz it up? <laughs> what do you want me? I, and he's like, just start. I'm like, how? And I just start, this is what I did. I was like. Just, just lifted my heels off the ground, you know. But it was amazing. That one little bit, 
I started feeling it a little bit more, you know, not just in my flesh. It was in the spirit. I was like, man, I felt some of that freedom. And all of a sudden, I was getting a little higher in my heels leaving the ground, you know. And, and this, this was a process of like five minutes, but I'm going to make it short for y'all. Anyway, then I started doing this and dancing a little bit. And then I started, I, I didn't just stay still. Like, I didn't just keep my shoulders square with the platform. I like turned them a little bit. And then I like lifted my hand a little bit. And then I like, whoo-hoo. And I started getting some freedom. And before I knew it, I was doing this. I was just dancing. And man, something broke off of me. The freedom of God hit me. Not only that, but there was people standing next to me that afterwards said, when you were dancing like that and praising the Lord, something broke off of me. Well, that's scriptural. That's what happened when they praised God in the middle of the jail. The, bond, the bonds fell off of everybody. Everybody. So sometimes it's your neighbor that needs the thing broke, and you need to do the breaking out of your praise and letting loose. So if something happens and God's just starting to set you free and you want to shout hallelujah or an amen or you want to get up and run or you want to give a gift or you want to, you want to start, you know, the joy of the Lord hits you, you ain't going to scare me. I'm be happy about it. Amen. amen. I'm be joyful. So just understand that attentiveness to the Lord means, doesn't it mean that he might do something? I mean, he just might do something right in the middle of a message. He just might. I, I know I've felt it before. Have, have you ever seen somebody run in a service? What happens when you see that? I can tell you, I don't know if you experience it the way I do, but when I see somebody run, something on the inside of me jumps. I'm like, glory to God, look at them run, you know, and I'm watching them run. I mean, it just does something to me. Now, it's one of those things where it's like, Man, what kind of guts does it take to do that? Well, for somebody who's never done it before, it might be a lot. But at the same time, it can be right. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. One of the things we have to learn how to do is wait on the Lord. A lot of people, when it says wait, those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, one of the things that it's talking about, people think that's like, well, if I'll just sit and be still, right? It's not necessarily what it's talking about. If we want our strength renewed, what it's more talking about is imagine the waiter, you know, with a little towel over his arm, waiting on the Lord. Lord, what do you want? How can I serve you? Somebody got it. How, amen. What do you want, Lord? How can I serve you? Well, that night he, t he wanted me to dance. He just wanted me to dance. I didn't know it was going to help other people, but it sure helped me. I, ever since that day, totally different. Totally different Brian ever since that day. Because I just, the Lord, I was kind of like worshiping him and I was, what do you want, Lord? I want you to dance. What? <laughs> That is not what I meant. <laughs> That's not what my flesh meant. I want you to dance. I want you to worship me as you dance. Yeah. Okay. You know, and it wasn't like, you know, a beautiful waltz type of dance, but it worked. I got there. And we'll just give them what we have, and we'll give them our heart. He accepts that. He accepts it. 
There's people that step out, they miss it. You know, were you trying? Yeah. If you're missing it all the time, that's one thing, but you're stepping out and you miss it, okay, great. At least you're after them. You're trying. The Lord sees that. He sees your heart more than he sees whether or not you hit it, hit the target dead on. Yeah. Right? He wants us to be there. So as I preach, it won't surprise me if things start to happen. Things start to release in your life. So just be ready for it. And be expecting it. Lord, you're going to do something to me just while the word's being preached. Something's happening. Just while the word's being preached. Because your word is powerful. Your word is powerful. Your word is powerful. Glory to God. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. We've been talking about the great sermon. The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus preached a great sermon. We call the Sermon on the Mount. He started out with the Beatitudes, the blessings. And then we got into it last week talking about the salt. And if you didn't hear the salt message, you need to go back and hear it. Amen. Because it will, you know, it's strong. There, the whole thing's been strong. If you missed a part of it, just go back and listen to it. Because you need, there's so much more here. I mean, think about this. Do you see what it says on your little handout? It says, you know, part eight. We're, we're going to get to verse 16. That's like two verses a week, right? There's more in here than what people have just read over quickly. There's more in here. He was saying a lot more. There was something in the package of his message besides just the words that we were understanding with our brain, right? There was more there. So here it is, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 uh, through 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Now who is he talking to? Just tell your neighbor, say, he's talking to me. And he said, I'm the salt. And I'm the light. And I'm going to be just that. Amen. And neighbor, tell the other neighbor, say, amen. <laughs> Good. Say, I agree with you. Amen. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. That's who you are. Anybody ever had those moments where you don't feel like the salt and the light? Yeah. yeah? That's when no matter what's weighing on you, you got to jump over it. <laughs> you got to jump up. No matter what. No matter how it feels like you're laying down and the world is pulling you down. You got to decide, I'm going to jump. Amen. I'm going to jump up out of this muck, out of this mire and move to that. That's one. Now, if he keeps there, I'll do it again. Amen. I just hope he doesn't get too much in praise at the moment I'm jumping. That would be interesting. We'll bring the joy for sure right there. Amen. But no matter how you feel, listen, 
even if the world's pulling on you, even if the world's pulling on you, does that mean that all of a sudden, well, now the world's pulling on you, you're not the salt. All of a sudden, the world's pulling on you, you're not the light. No, that doesn't mean that at all. Matter of fact, that's generally more the time more than ever to draw on being the salt and being the light. Amen. That's the time but, you know, more than ever to be those things, right? That's the time. Where we've got to decide, no, I trust more what Jesus said about me than what the world's trying to tell me that I am. I trust him more. That's when we decide. That's when we really find out who you are. Or really, what you believe. We find it out when, when persecution comes, and that's the context of this, is persecution. Isn't that a lovely word? Don't you want me to preach on that more? Persecution. See, it doesn't even go over well with a smile. Persecution. No, I don't like that word. My flesh doesn't. But here's the thing. Once we understand about persecution, you know, we talked about this, and I think it's so important to understand. You have different levels of persecution. Jesus said, Jesus said, you'll have persecution. I'm like, why did he have to say that? Why did he have to go and say that? Because now he said it. Now it's got to happen. Because <laughs> he's Jesus. Why do you have to go and say that? Why? Because that was a part of our assignment. But you've got to understand that even if you face persecution, will you not have grace in the middle of it? Yeah. Well, isn't grace there so that you don't taste death? In other words, you don't even taste of that. That means the physical senses. You start getting into the place where you can be in the middle of a storm and you don't even recognize the storm is there. Jesus on the boat, right? Disciples flipping out. Jesus, peace. Silly storm. That's for kid disciples. Amen. That was a tricks joke in case you were wondering. (laughs) See, that's why I had to say it. (laughs) Silly disciples. Nicole's saying something about if you have to explain your own jokes, they're not really funny. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway he, he gets in the middle of the storm he doesn't care about the storm he's already been told to go to the other side so it wasn't that persecution didn't come it's that he knew what to do with the persecution he knew how to handle it but the other thing is this you have persecution but then you have when the disciples were getting martyred they called that great persecution right So most people in our head, and this is what we talked about uh, two or three Sundays ago, we talked about the difference between persecution and great persecution, just briefly. But when you look at that, what you start to see is that most of what America has called persecution was actually great persecution. So they think if we're not getting martyred on the streets for being a Christian, we're not really in persecution. But the problem with that is, what they don't realize is, they're not in great persecution, but they actually are in persecution where your thinking and your beliefs are being challenged every day. And to give you a good example of that is go to a restaurant as a family, hold hands and say the blessing. And when you start to feel that little thing rising up on the inside of you that says, you don't need to do that. We don't know what people around us will think. That's persecution. 
You are in fear of being persecuted by what people think around you. And because we haven't looked at that as persecution, we haven't recognized the fight that it was bringing to us. And this is what he's talking about because then he goes straight out of persecution. Then he says, you're supposed to be the salt. And the salt has to do with your actions. Your salt has to do with, do I love Jesus and am I thankful enough for what he's done that my actions will then manifest that I love him more than persecution? That's the context of this. In other words, will my actions rise to the point that will overcome persecutions? I'll be in the face of persecution and I don't care. I will put on Jesus. And then it talks about being the light. And the light is talking about, look, and what does he talk about the light? Are you supposed to be hid? No, you're supposed to shine. What is he talking about? He's talking about in the face of persecution, no matter what you face, you're supposed to be the salt and you're supposed to be the light. You're supposed to let your belief in Christ go. Now, how many people, this is why I started out, you know, I didn't realize it when I did it, but now I see what the Holy Ghost did. Why was, what was I fearing when I started to do my little dance? Persecution. I'm in the middle of believers who are supposed to love me, right? And even if they don't, they're commanded to. So they're the ones missing it, right? But I'm in the middle of believers that are supposed to love me. And and even if I miss it, they're supposed to forgive me. And I'm scared to start dancing. I'm scared to worship in front of him. Now, what is that? I'm scared of persecution. And persecution was eating my lunch until that day. When I learned how to step out of it and be the salt and the light. And then what was the result of that? Well, I'm telling you from a personal uh, perspective, man, the weight of peer pressure fell off of me. The weight of that personal persecution around my peers fell off of me. And I, I moved into another level as far as what I was afraid of and what I wasn't afraid of. But not only that, wasn't I the salt in the sense that I brought out the flavors of God in that place? Well, the testimonies were evident. Your, your worship, man, it did something to me. It helped me. Why? What were they experiencing? The, uh, they were experiencing the product of salt. They were experiencing the product of a salt-filled Christian enhancing the flavor of God in that meeting simply because they overcame persecution. Now, here's the thing, and wasn't it, then it says that you're supposed to be the light of the world so that, you're, that people may glorify God. Well, in the end, what are they doing? Because I let my light shine. Now, look, you don't, you know, some people will take that and they're like, well, I just need to dance every time we have worship now. Let me just get up here. Have you ever been in those services where there's always that one person that always is the front one to get up there and praise in front of everybody? I know y'all seen them. They want to be seen. There's a difference between wanting to be seen for like the big offerings you give or the worship that you pour out and somebody hearing and being attentive to the Holy Ghost so that people may glorify God. And there's a whole different feel to it. You start to recognize that there's a different sense to it, right? It's like, that's right. That's right. It's right on. That's like, that's what I sense when, when people run and it's right. 
I'll be like, oh, Jesus, yes, amen, glory to God. Makes me want to get up and run with them. Running for the power of God, right? And, and so it's one of those things where it's right. There's a sense to it that, that it's right, that everything, man, the Holy Ghost is in that, right? This is when you're being the salt and the light. Now, you'll see here, let's look at this same passage in the message translation. So verse 13 through 16, Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Do a full, 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 full work in Jesus' name. Full work. Full, full, full. Lord, full. Full. Full work in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just see the press. I see the wine press. I see the olive press. Pressing out every bit of goody in you. Letting it be so that you can be the salt and the light the way he's called you to be. He's putting the press on your flesh so that he can bring out the oils. Bring out the savory. Bring out the salt and the light in you. Do a full work, Lord. A full work. A full work. A full pressing. In Jesus' name. That's a good promise. Matthew 5, 13 through 16 in the message. Let me tell you why you're here. I was like, I was waiting for somebody to tell me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. I just like that. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be the light. To be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bears... That's why I walked over here. I knew that. If I make you light bears, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on the light stand. Now that I put you there on the hilltop, hilltop on the light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. Take two. Kitty <laughs> Beston. Joy. <laughs> Full. 
in Jesus' name. Whose wife is this? <laughs> At the right time, as you learn to let me flow through you, the Lord says. Yep, that's right. At the right time, when you learn how to let it flow without any throttling back, without any restriction, you will see the power of God released in every area of your life on levels that you have only dreamt of. There's a time and a place, and you will know those times as you wait on the Lord. Lord, what do you want? What do you have for me? And as you learn to wait on that and you attend to him, he'll show you, let it go now, let it go then, let it, don't do it now, don't do it. And he'll, he'll show you exactly what to do and when, and the power of God will flow out of those places of attending and waiting on him in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Now, some people might be, I don't know, they might be watching, they might be going, man, they are interrupting his message. No, the Holy Ghost is doing his message. This is not my message, this is his. What he wanted, he wanted to get a word into David and many other people. He wanted to get a word into Deb. And he's, he's breaking some stuff open. There's some freedom on this morning. He's breaking some stuff. Don't you know that the Lord wants to take you to new levels? Yeah. And don't you believe that that's his heart to take you to new levels? And he is the God of joy. The Bible does say that. He's not like the God of bitterness. Like it doesn't say that. He's the God of joy. And he wants to fill you with all joy. This is, this is, this is scripture, y'all. Right? <laughs> this is scripture. He wants to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. It's Romans 15, 13. Anybody was like, I don't know what it's scripture. Well, go look it up. <laughs> Romans 15, 13 is scripture. Put it on there so people can see it. Amen. Romans 15, 13. Now, Now may the God of hope, now hope is joyful, confident expectation. So literally this means he's the God of joy, the God of confidence, and the God of expectation. That's who he is. That's the definition of that. Now may the God of hope fill you with all, say it with me, joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope same definition, you will abound in joy, you will abound in confidence, you will abound in expectation. Now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in joy, confidence, and expectation by the power of the Holy Ghost. So now, how is joy, confidence, and expectation going to happen to you? 
It's going to happen to you as you, one, believe all joy and peace in believing, but two, only by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost will start to move, and as the Holy Ghost starts to move, all of a sudden, joy, peace, confidence, expectation will rise up. Joy rises up. That was awesome. (laughs) Confidence rises up for new promises. Expectation for those promises to come in. That's hope. And he wants to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So what you're seeing is not people out of line. What you're seeing is God actually being God. It's us learning to attend to him and wait on him and follow the crowd. We start to follow, not the crowd, follow the cloud. Right? We follow the cloud of his presence, the fire and the cloud of his presence, and all of a sudden we end up at the place where God can do what he wants to do. In Jesus' name. Full. And he got up, but he, he's not done. Full. Lord, full. Yeah. He's pressing. That's what you've been experiencing. That's what you've been experiencing is the pressing Mm -hmm. to bring out the oil of God. Getting rid of all the husk, Mm -hmm. all the flesh. (laughs) Don't you see that, that what's left over of the olive is the flesh, the meat of the olive? Getting rid of all the flesh to extract the purity of his oil, of his anointing in your life. It's what you've been experiencing. So see, it's not just laughter. It's the joy of the Lord. It's a moving of the Holy Ghost. To bring about a word to take you to another level. But here's the thing. You're not the only one receiving this word. Thank you, Father. The press. The press. <laughs> to bring out the oil. <laughs> the oil of joy. That's scripture. The oil of joy. I'm going to tell you the same thing Pastor Tracy told me, the same thing Brother Hagen told him. You need to laugh more. But what he was doing when he was releasing a joy in the prophetic. So I'm not going to explain that, but we'll t- we can talk more later. Ho, ho, ho. Sabay to base. Bay to base. You see, and people will say, well, I don't understand what's going on. You don't have to understand what's going on. My gosh, if you understood everything that's going on, we'd never do anything. If you understood everything that God was doing, you would never do anything. You'd be so limited, you'd never get to step one. Praise God, he goes beyond our understanding. 
But the press, he's pressing on y'all too. And that's okay. And you don't get to just be the kid on the side. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad he's talking to them. (laughs) He's got good stuff for you too. And I'm seeing some of the salt and some of the light rise up inside of you because he's got good, good plans. Amen. Oh, Lord, joy. I so wish I had my... Man, I did not think quick enough. I thought this only happened at Holy Ghost meetings. This is Sunday morning. You see, the Lord wants to do things that are real. The problem is our reality is where we've held him to act. We've held him in our little circle of what we know instead of letting him draw us to himself outside of what we know. And because of that, we've become impotent as a church, as not just as Boomerang, but the church across the world. And so when people need a touch or a word to go to the next level in Christ, we don't ever see it because we don't have a body that's willing to wait on the Lord and attend to him. Father, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? It's not about what we want to do. It's about what do you want to do? You're the cloud. You're the fire. I need to follow you, not ask you to come visit. Ooh. <laughs> Do you feel that one? <laughs> I, felt, I felt it too. <laughs> Where's the mic so I can drop it? Glory to God. (laughs) But see, and now you've got the world looking for something real. They're longing for something supernatural. And the church comes up empty handed because they haven't learned to wait on the Lord and attend to him. They they haven't learned how to attend to the Lord. Yeah. Some people are saying, you mean this is the Lord? Yes, it is, actually. Well, I've never seen anything like that. That's the problem. You're supposed to be ushing. You're not doing good. (laughs) But you are. (laughs) (laughs) The joy of the Lord is what? My strength. What's happening? They're getting strengthening. Strengthen. (laughs) 
Man, if we had Holly and Jade, we'd have the whole package. <laughs> That's so funny. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the sadness of God. That's not what it says. The joy. The joy of the Lord. Listen, you can ask Jade. Some of you, some of you were sitting there like, oh God, please don't let that happen to me. I'm just going to give you a, a, a word of wisdom. You might not want to pray that. <laughs> you might not want to pray that. Will you put up uh, Psalms 126? <laughs> Don't worry, that's just the press. Get a little hust stuck every now and then. <laughs> All right. Who told you to go to that? Go to Psalms 2 first. <laughs> oh, man, it's hitting me now. Glory to God. Psalm 2, verse 4. The devil's trying to bring some stuff against the people of the Lord. Look at his response. Yep, that's it. That's good. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. See, they're just being like their daddy. <laughs> you need to learn how to scoff and laugh at your enemy. You need to learn how to laugh at the devil. You need to learn how to scoff at the devil. <laughs> devil, you thought you had something going on. You're an idiot. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes. He's like the Grinch talking to that echo. <laughs> 
You ever seen that? The Grinch, he's talking to the Echo, and the Echo's saying everything. He goes, he goes, I'm an idiot. And he wants the Echo to say, I'm an idiot. And the Echo goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> You've got to learn how to see the devil as this. I mean, what kind of wisdom do you have to have, or lack thereof, to rebel against God? And think you can win. And see, now, then the devil, look, even there's, wi there's wisdom. There's wisdom sitting there. Jesus comes to the earth, the Son of God, and the devil thinks he can win. <laughs> the devil thinks he can win. It's a joke. Like, dude, do you not think that God has outthought you? What an idiot! What an idiot! The Lord has all taught you. And then it says, it goes on to say in Scripture, it says this. It says, if they would have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. No kidding! They didn't know! It's like God didn't have a bigger plan than the devil does. Dude, he's God! Why did you miss that in the first place? Well, now he's trying to bring plans against you too. And you need to understand that the death, hell, and the grave has already been defeated. All power and glory is in his hands. And then he said, you go. And so you need to get like your father. And when the devil starts trying to pull something, it's like you don't even know. What an idiot. And think about that scene as well. And start laughing. Now let's go to Psalms 126. <laughs> now just listen to this when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion we were like those who dream and I just love the sound of this all of a sudden when he brought back salvation to our house when he brought, brought, back, brought us back, when he, when he had us meet on a Sunday morning that day in, in Albemarle at Boomerang Church, and Pastor Brian got up there and said, do you need healing? Do you need provision? Do you need restoration? Do you need deliverance? Raise your hands now. And all of a sudden, do you need another level of your salvation? Do you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost? And all of a sudden, that day, y'all remember that day? Y'all remember that day when the captivity was broken off of my life. That day when we raised our hands and we received the fullness of our salvation, it says, when, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, that's us this morning. He brought us back. He brought us back. We were like those who dream. Oh, it was like a dream. It's like one of those good dreams you wake up from. You're like, oh man, I wish I could finish that. I, that was such a good dream. We were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. And they said among the nations, they said among the people, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great th things for them. We are glad. Restore our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. What's the manifestation of joyful shouting? Sure. 
That's it. What does that look like? Isn't this a promise for you? What does that look like? Bring her here. I started on this side. <laughs> Joyful shouting. <laughs> Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seeds, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaths with him. A shout of joy. That means all of a sudden you receive the things of the Lord. This is what he's saying. You are receiving right now. This is what it's saying. And you receive that thing and all of a sudden you're going, Hallelujah! Glory to God! He has set me free! I'm no longer a captive! Hallelujah! Joyful shouting. Joyful shouting. You see, this is not just poetic. Nice poetic speech. This is the reality that God wants His body to have a hold of and have it in manifestation. Why? Because He wants the nations looking at you and saying, look at the great things God's done for them. What happens if I get to that place? What happens if I follow the Lord? I can have that joyful shouting too. Because as much as they make, make fun of you with persecution, what they're really doing is they're saying, I wish I could have that. I wish I could have that freedom. I wish I had something to shout about. I wish I had full my arms full with blessing. I wish I had provision. I wish I had freedom. I wish that I just laughed in the face of problems like this. I wish. And that's why the Lord wants you to have it. So that the nations, the people groups can look at you and they can say, look what the Lord has done. He's done great things for them. And inside of them they're going to say, if I want great things done for me, I'm going to go after the Lord too. Amen. It's all about being the salt and the light. It's all about it. He wants his glory to shine on you. Yeah. I saw him touching you. It's not my fault. He's the one touching you. I'm just being obedient. <laughs> Joy. Joyful shouting in Jesus' name. You can let it go like your mom over here. Learn when to. <laughs> Whose kid is that? <laughs> See, what a lot of people don't understand is that in those moments, just like when I started dancing, 
in those moments, all of a sudden, the freedom of God starts to come into your life. The joy of the Lord, it brings you strength. You start to receive downloads that you need for this week, for next month, for next year. You start to receive the strength. Listen to this. How can you, how many of us are called to carry a greater weight than what we've, that we've carried before today? All of us. Aren't we called to bear the burdens of one another? Well, doesn't that require a spiritual strength? Yes, absolutely. So if you're required to carry a spiritual strength, are you, are, you, uh, are you supposed to stay like babies? Are you supposed to grow up and start moving on to the meat of the word and to start learning how to carry more? Recently, I forget who it was, they were talking about, um, uh, I don't know who, maybe David I was talking to. But um, I'm not going to ask him for testimony right now. Um, but anyway, our job is to get up to the place where not only we handle our own things well, but we start learning how to handle things well for other people as well. In other words, that we become strong enough not only to bear our own burdens, but bear the burdens of one another. And if we're not at that place yet, then we need to continue to grow. So we're always called to grow in our spiritual strength. Well, how do you step up into new levels of spiritual strength? You've got to have the strength of God strengthen you. You've got to learn how to uh, discipline those spiritual muscles and move into that place. So many times what's going on in, in services like this is, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's, it's bringing up our spiritual muscles to another place. And so the people that will receive, the people that will receive uh, like that, all of a sudden they can go to a new level. That means they can handle more things. You know, what if, if you've got like a team of horses lined up and you've got, you know, ponies that grow up into horses, don't they start, <laughs> don't they start being able to handle more, right? <laughs> Don't they start being able to handle more? Is that correct? But if they don't grow up, if they don't grow up, if they don't receive the joy, what in the world? <laughs> if they don't know how to flow with God, right? If they don't know how to flow and receive and wait on the Lord, how can they ever be strong? How can they grow up? How can they pull a heavier load or support a heavier load? And what you do is you learn how to carry the load without it actually weighing on you because you cast all your care on the Lord. How much care do you have to have to not be able to laugh in front of people? A lot of times we have so much care for the persecution that may come in front of other people, we can't even get to the point where we would allow ourselves to look like this. Or that. And that's why you don't carry weight in the kingdom of God. And we've got to learn... 
how to release those weights wow. and cast those cares on the Lord. Because if we can get to the place where we don't care what we look like, God can use us in places that he can't use others. And we're all called to be the salt and the light. So this is, in other words, what looks like silliness and out of order to a lot of the church actually is growing in maturity in the Lord. Don't you know that God uses the foolishness of men? You remember that? To confound the wise? You're looking at it. <laughs> You're looking at it. And all the learned and the educated will say, that's crazy. And God's saying, look at my kids. Let me just Gucci goo them one more time. Let me just Gucci goo them one more time. Let me show them how they rise up in different levels. So see, and we do, here's what we've done. What happens is we start to see, oh man, the Lord has stronger and deeper ways of doing things than what we even understand. And if we will learn to, again, wait and attend to the things of God and not be moved by the flesh, but allow the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do, all of a sudden what we know will be expanded and we'll be able to operate on different levels. And then we keep doing that, and we keep doing that. Well, you're constantly going beyond what you know. You're constantly going beyond what you know. <laughs> you're constantly going beyond what you know. Let that anointing flow in Jesus' name. <laughs> you got a tissue, he's crying. <laughs> I gotta keep that. I gotta look back on that and laugh. <laughs> now, this is the interesting part of being a pastor. How do you land this plane? Because if you got a good idea, I'd sure like to hear it. You want to be the, you want to.
Actually, they're right on it. The Lord, right before she said that, said this. Said, if you want breakthrough and you want the joy of the Lord, come on up. <laughs>